Hello, welcome to the latest episode of the Manchester Is Red podcast, and it's a special edition here, the day after United's humiliation against Spurs. Manchester is pink, not just with the new away kit, but with embarrassment on the cheeks of United, beaten 3-0 by Tottenham on Monday night, but well, I've not introduced my guest, it's Kieran <laughs> Kelly. Shocking. Kieran, you had the, I was going to say the pleasure of going to watch United last night. It was an interesting game, as Mourinho, and we'll touch on to this later, said United played really well in that first half, Fred hit the side netting netting within the first 20 seconds or so, but it just didn't happen in in the end. It was the same old problems for United. But what did you make of the entire event as a spectacle? Yeah, um, I mean, really it properly started an hour before kickoff with the team news and you looked at that team and we've seen this a lot with Guardiola when you see the team on paper, you're like, what formation is that? Who's playing right back and things? And for one of the few times really you, you saw that with the Mourinho team, you're like, you know, six on paper central midfielders there and um, you know who was going to play in defence and he went with three at the back which didn't come as too much surprise he he often does that after a bad defeat he'd go back to basics try and shore things up um, and Andrew Herrera was was the guy who played right centre back and um, you know he, he did pretty well but it kind of shows you how already three games in how desperate things have gotten that Mourinho's uh, dropped by from the squad Lindelof on the bench only brought on out of necessity and he's playing Herrera at centre-back and Herrera is one of those players he really trusts one of the most intelligent players he's ever worked with and that's probably why he played there and you saw what he did he, he brought the ball forward he was gallant uh, but he's not a defender so that kind of was was a real left-field move and six changes overall you guys like Herrera, Mata, uh, not even in the squad. Mario Darmian, who started the first game against Leicester, not in the squad after all that furore about whether he would go or stay. Then you enter the game and... Um, Just getting started on. Yeah, now. sorry. First half, um, I think it was a good response. I think after what happened at Brighton, it wouldn't have taken much to get a response. But if there was anyone in doubt whether uh, Mourinho... Still can still can get some of his players. I think our first half was a good example that um, with the new kind of formation, new personnel, um, they did okay. I, I think it's been a little overblown personally about how well they did. I think um, it was very even, wasn't it? That first half, United did respond as you said in, st- in some sort of style. Someone's in hot demand here. It's Mourinho. <laughs> Sorry, I'll turn it off. What are you doing next week? But um, yeah, uh, it's interesting because, like you said, United did respond in its, in, in a positive manner. But like you said, compared to Brighton, they had to respond. It's no surprise. We yeah. can't give United credit for coming out and attacking at home this against is a big title rival. It's just because it's better than what we've seen before. But yeah. it's still not acceptable, really. Yeah, so. I think what what you saw was the intensity we expect of that you know mythical United DNA that we always hear about that we haven't really seen. Um, I know it's maybe a bit unfair to talk about March, April, May when you know the Premier League for United there wasn't really much to play for but those last couple of months of the season were, were a hard watch um, the start to this season obviously the Brighton game um, those players didn't look like uh, international superstars and I think the first half was just a bit of fight, a bit of hunger um, Mourinho, I thought as well, kind of led that on the touchline. Um, there were times when he was a bit like Conte, um, acting like a clown. Werner Commas, you know, he was up and down, waving arms. He, he was looking like the Mourinho of all, but ultimately, what he's judged on is is the results. And his Midas touch ultimately deserted him because you look at, you know, 
what is happening to that defense that no matter what personality put in there um they're just so shot of confidence and when Mourinho tries to respond that and rectify that you know he, he's again turning to Marion Fellaini after an hour and that's the second game succession that's happened for me I'm, I'm seeing that as almost a white flag that you know I run out of ideas if he's coming on that early and I think that's that's a concern uh, going forward that unless Lukaku takes chances um, where are the goals coming from in this team at the moment? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, there was all that talk across the summer. I mean, we knew from the start United needed maybe a right wing, a new centre mid, new centre back, new full backs. But we did also say right from the start they needed another attacker just to yeah. sort of supplement Lukaku, especially with the Champions League draw this week. It means United will start playing two games a week. You'll have the Carabao Cup as well coming into effect. So we're a lot of pressure on Lukaku and. The wingers, when they play through the middle, they not always look the best. We saw pre-season Matter and Sanchez looked good mm. as a front two, but we've seen it to different sort of degrees of effect. So I just want to say we're onto it. We said United, well, maybe they maybe did deserve to lose and maybe they shouldn't have as much credit they had for attacking. But do you feel that 3-0 is a bit harsh on United, but it sort of escalated towards the end, it got a bit out of control, but yeah. maybe that's the difference between a team that's lethal up front and a team that's not because I know everyone and we had a discussion about this on desk before the expected goals mm. United last night actually technically created maybe clearer cut chances than Tottenham but they caught up and Mourinho alluded to it in the post-match press conference he said in the first half we didn't allow them to have any chances from free kicks or corners but you give one to Harry Kane and maybe that's the difference in quality yeah and I mean although the defence in the first half held pretty firm for a makeshift back three um Spurs should have had a penalty, shouldn't they? With yeah. that Jones push, and <laughs> that has been forgotten because you know they were such clear winners. Um, I just think you know, no matter how many chances you create, unless you're maybe Liverpool, um, you're always going to get it's going to work the other way where your defense gets found out, and that worries me going forward because um, the fact he's dropped by in Lindelof no real confidence in them they're going to take a hit from that you saw Lindelof came on he just he looked lost and when you think a year on from Huddersfield he's still having those kind of performances when he's such a confident World Cup that's that's a real issue um, Smalling you know there are times I thought he did he did well there's a couple of really good, really good half, tackles yeah um, but again you know you're, you're, you're looking at it now and it's um 16 years to the day Rio Ferdinand made his United debut and there isn't a worthy successor to him on their books at the moment mainly as well because they all look so uh, low in confidence and it's up to Mourinho to use these extended periods at Carrington now because they're only playing one game a week to, to somehow get the team back into shape but what you're seeing is they're chopping and changing um, Brighton yet Pereira Mata guys like that by starting not even in the squad now um, and you'd expect that Burnley is going to make some more very left field decisions you, know, you could see Pereira playing on the wing for example it wouldn't surprise me it's it's just the way he's going he's trying to find a settled team but to be in that situation two years on is is not great when you have ambitions of challenging for a tight yeah you spoke about the anniversary of Ferdinand since he signed as well it's also the day we're recording this seven years since United beat Arsenal 8-2 mm. that was a top four clash at Old Trafford that United I know it was a poor Arsenal side but they triumphed and now all these years later the Spurs who weren't even top four contenders back then now observed them yeah. come up the table and it feels like the table have turned a bit you, you mentioned that um the changes from Brighton um, they were wholesale changes from Mourinho as we said their response was needed 
Um, ultimately, hindsight's a useful thing. We can say maybe he got some of them wrong. Do you think the message she sent to the squad's quite a mysterious one? Now, I mean, players know they have to perform every week or they really can be dropped. There is no real undroppable yeah. in this United side yeah. anymore. Um, I remember last season we used to say there was that core down the middle. You still sense the likes of Matic, De Gea, Lukaku when they are firing our undroppables. But the United team at the moment, there's a bit of turmoil. And do you think Mourinho does know that his best 11 players? No, no, I, I think. For a while, that debate was a bit tedious, but everything that's happened recently uh, will tell you that he doesn't. Um, and I think after the game, he's asked, does he know his best defence? And he doesn't. And we think of Mourinho's best teams, they've always been built on you know, using 15, 16 players and first and foremost, playing the same back four every week. Um, think of all those great partnerships, you know, Carvalho, Costa, all the way up to Cahill and Terry. Um, and... <laughs> At the moment, to three games in, when you're trying to build a title challenge, which you need a settled defence for, you don't have a settled defence. That's not good, is it? And then you have to look at the other areas of the pitch that are also so unsettled. So, I mean, the only players, yeah, as he said, um, that are certainties anymore, probably De Gea, Valencia, Matic, Fred. Fred's made yeah. a good impact, hasn't he? Um, Lukaku. And then it's 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 really been a, a shift around between Lingard, Rashford, Martial, even um, Sanchez. Sanchez. I suppose Sanchez, you know, when fit, he is one of yeah. the first names on Team Sheet under Mourinho. But um, you know, there's only really six or seven there that are nailed on, and really you want nine or ten, and that can be the difference sometimes between that continuity. Because I think you're seeing it in their play sometimes there isn't that kind of almost memory of how they play with each other. Um, no, it's hard to think of specific partnerships on the pitch. No. We can think back and say he's played well to go. It seems like almost every option Mourinho's had, he's, he's tried at some point. Yeah. It's interesting. So, like, like I said, he think back to his Inter Milan, his Real Madrid teams, he always had that stable back four as well as you yeah. alluded to at Chelsea. And it's not necessarily, I know some people say he's not the right fit or something, but he's got the right ideas that United have. They both have that in common that they like to have established back fours. It's mm-hmm. not worked. There's lots of fallout in the game. We saw Toby Alderweireld have a very good game against United particularly, as we mentioned off-air before, that, that challenge on Lingard in the box where he cleared it for a corner. Um, Mourinho and centre-backs, it's always a, a topic that divides divides people. Were United right not to back him in the summer? Obviously, he wanted a centre-back, but Lindelof and Bailly's yeah. bought. Um, his track record of buying centre-backs in United has not been good. No, so I we... think it, it, it's it's um, a two-sided argument. I think the, the Bailly-Lindelof thing is perfectly valid why buy these guys if you know you're going to need an authoritative voice there eventually um, obviously they haven't developed the way he maybe thought um, but you think that maybe he's partly down yeah, to yeah the, 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 he, public, he doesn't publicly support them maybe he's a back two if we, yeah, do think they, they don't look to me that they've had um, the arm around the a, shoulder a, a year for Lindelof he doesn't really look like he's had a year of extra defensive coaching at the highest level. Bailly still makes these rash things that I suppose are just part of his makeup because yeah. he is quite a uh, blood-to-the-head kind of a defender at times. Um, I think this is the thing with Mourinho. I mean, um, in July, I think he said, Bailly, you know, he played through the pain barrier for one of the tour games and he was so effusive in his praise and it looked like by as long as he would stay fit that yeah. centre-back slot was his and now you're looking only a matter of weeks later um, he's not even in the stands you know it's 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 crazy when you think we know how well he can play um, but for whatever reason he, he 
still a bit inconsistent for me. Um, and that's that's the worry that no matter what partnership you seem to put together in that defence, whether it's Jones and Smolin who know each other so well, whether it's Lindelof and Smolin who've done okay at times, whether it's Bai and Smolin. Herrera um, and Smolin. Herrera and Smolin, <laughs> yeah. You, and the fact, I suppose, that you're, you're still mentioning Smalling as someone who, whose stock's risen just because he hasn't been in the mm-hmm. team, that, that isn't great either. It'd be interesting to see almost like a flowchart of how the <laughs> United players' stocks rise in over yeah. the last couple of years because it seems every defender has a spell for being the most sought-after defender at the club to being one of the lowest. And yeah. I guess um, that is the flux that sort of... <laughs> you'd wonder, like, with, with Rojo coming back, will he suddenly be... I don't think he'll be deemed the saviour by any means, but it, they have... interesting what his role will be after it looks certain he's going to yeah. leave all of the last they have, weekend. They have five centre-backs now, and you wouldn't feel... Like you could put your mortgage on any of them. No, and you wouldn't be surprised to see any any particular sort of no. <laughs> lineup either. I guess while we're onto it as well, Mourinho's comments after the game said he deserves more respect. He alluded that he won more Premier League titles than the other nineteen managers put together, which is a good line. That yeah. if, if they won, you'd be saying that's iconic. Imagine I'm googling it before, <laughs> it's quite it sad. Seems it seems a bit uh, <laughs> bad at the end. And of course, at full time, there was that sort of bizarre moment. I mean, it's what Mourinho does best. The mm. attention was all on him, not on. <laughs> Tottenham after full time which yeah. says a lot about it I know it's United are the whoever everyone in the media wants to write about but full time the sky cameras are all on Mourinho stood there in front of the Stretford end clapping there putting the United scarf around his, around his neck um, what did you make of that from Mourinho is it uh, I know I think Jamie Carragher said it was sort of white handkerchief sort of yeah it was um, it's, it's like you said it's a diversionary tactic isn't it because um it gets no, the fans on side straight away, do you think, yeah. as well? After you've just lost 3-0, he somehow had the strap for them chatting his name. Although what they've just seen was, was yeah. unacceptable. It was a mixture between the fans. You got the sense that some have almost had enough, not just yes. with Mourinho, but the whole way the club's going. Oh, yeah. But he's still got that loyal core. Yeah, for them. I think, you know, in the uh, Brighton game, 10 minutes in, they're chanting his name. And um, again, after that game, he made out... What a fantastic yes, but we have. He's, he always he's good at sort of keeping the, the and fans. He was quite cynical after the game. I think he did an interview with Sky, and he was like, um, "My fans are intelligent. They don't read the papers or yeah. watch telly." And you think, mm. uh, <laughs> suddenly, you you know, a year ago he was talking about the fans, and um, I think it was before or after that Tottenham game where he was like, "Oh, I hope you enjoy it." It was a really like uh, quite weird <laughs> dry comment yeah. in his um, program notes because of they booed the decision he. Um, substituted was it Lukaku came off against Tottenham or Luke Rashford it was it was one or the other and the fans some of the fans weren't oh, yeah. too happy about it and the following programme notes he had a little dig at them so when he needs the fans he'll he'll use it uh, but I think you know we're at a stage now where um, I think it's telling he's reflecting on past glories you know it, it was the same when Sevilla knocked them out of Champions League he was saying you know I sat in this chair as Porto manager when I knocked United out. These things happen, and it's it's just it's, it's almost not it's not nice to the responsibility yeah, of diverting from it, like you said. And it's not nice to look at when you see him literally raising three fingers. You know, this is the guy when they won the Europa League was telling them put three fingers up for the Community Shield, the Carabao Cup, and the Europa. You know, it's just a bit petty when you think you know this is one of the great managers of all time and. You're wondering, you know, can he really turn this round? Um, because we're only three games in, it's so hard to forget. And on one hand, he's going to need more time. But on the other, you're like, well, how are they in this mess? But it goes all the way up, as you touched upon. 
Yeah, it's difficult to pinpoint. I know we've done lots of articles to pinpoint who's to blame. There's, there's so much going on. Of course, we'll bring you that throughout the week as we, we learn more as when we look ahead to that weekend game. Um, Gary Neville also said last night um, after the game it's going to be the biggest challenge of Mourinho's career going forward to try to rectify this two in the tables. United, I think while we're on it, we should just clarify their stances that they still have faith in Mourinho. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, the, the, they've no plans to sack him. They've, they've not been shy in saying that because I think, as you said, uh, it's almost absurd asking the question because we are only three games in. But um, I think when Mourinho's in this kind of situation, memories come back. Um, what happened at Chelsea... Uh, it's not too long ago um, when you know they were losing to Bournemouth, Southampton getting hammered, um, and that is the issue when when he is faced with a malaise and things are really going wrong and the confidence is down and the players are doing things they don't usually do and they're not playing to their full uh, abilities. How can he turn it round? And I think the the Mourinho of old had the luster and and the the sparkle to do that, but. Um, We'll know pretty soon whether he still has that ultimately um, to to convince these players because obviously it's a whole completely different generation of players now. The, the youngest he's ever dealt with, the millennials who are not maybe as you know a defeat maybe wouldn't wreck their week like it would have a yeah. Patrice Ever or Rio or those kind of players. So um, I think he's found that it's a different crop and how he can manage them and, and how he can treat them and how they respond to him and perhaps he's still figuring that out with some of those personalities because there's a lot of complex egos in that dressing room but um, yeah it's it's a huge challenge for him already to to even think about a title at the moment you, you really wouldn't yeah, especially after he said, remember, the last, finish the second last season was always greatest achievement. Mm. You still feel that that was a bit tongue-in-cheek and yeah. he's trying to play it down, really, that uh, finishing second to Man City would be such an achievement. But like I said, it's a big big task on his hands, rather on his hands than mine. Um, but positives from last night, there's not many to go from. But <laughs> we, we touched on two of the Luke Shaw, who said he's first name, one of the first names on the team sheet yeah. now, and Fred in midfield, I thought first half he was fantastic. And even second half, he almost set up that Lindelof header into the yeah. side and a fantastic set-piece delivery from him. And, but both look like positives going forward. Okay, maybe after a three 0 defeat against Tottenham, it's not what fans want to hear. But maybe not all doom and gloom, or not as gloomy as maybe it needs to be. It's it's the wake up call United needed. But there's some some positives there. Yeah, I think with with Fred, what struck me is when Mourinho's made signs before with Lindelof and Mkhitaryan, he was very patient, bordering on people. You know, why isn't this guy playing with Fred? The second he flew off to the US, he was starting games on tour. Uh, he started all three league games and I think he has settled in pretty well he can be a bit over eager sometimes um, it's quite funny he nearly pushed Mourinho over to take a throw in <laughs> last night which is, was quite amusing um, and he, he just brings that energy I mean I I don't know if we've necessarily seen him unlock what Paul Pogba can ultimately bring but that isn't his job anyway his job's really to come in and um Oh, that dynamism to me. Yeah, I, mean, just, I was impressed. It's difficult because we, we spoke before he signed, really, and he have to have signed what we're going to expect from mm. Fred. I don't think any of us knew. I mean, <laughs> no. some of us had seen him play last season for Shakhtar. Glimpses, yeah. But we'd never actually seen what to expect. We didn't see him at the World Cup, of course. He didn't play a single minute. But I've been really impressed with, as I said before, his sort of free ball, his final pass. I know 
we said, and I know you, I remember you telling me that he, he's not afraid to pass a ball forward. Yeah. Um, sometimes you take that for granted. Exactly. Think, yeah, who can't do that? But when you <laughs> when you do see a player like him in the team, you notice the difference. He gives the whole lift. They look a bit more energised. I think, especially the the fact he's in this sort of fledgling here at Old Trafford, he's only just begun. He has got that eagerness to impress and stuff. Mm. And it's going to be tough for him after after tasting his first defeat. He spoke about how delighted he was to make his debut against Leicester and how fantastic the atmosphere was there. It's a different yeah. atmosphere now. Maybe a realization of just how big a club United is. I'm sure when he lost with Shakhtar, you won't have a fallout as you'll get um, from mm. us today. But very impressive. I think he complements that midfield well as as well. I mean, it's difficult to say because Pogba had another. Another game below par, below yeah. par game to put it one way. But uh, do you think there's an encouragement in the way that midfield trio of him, Matic and Pogba is starting to shape up? Yeah, I think it's it's going to be their their first choice trio, isn't it? That we haven't really seen McTominay, for example, coming to the reckoning, um, despite all the chaos. And it's been quite telling. He has generally of of all the areas of the team, the midfield's almost been quite consistent in his selection. Yeah. When it comes to Shaw's, as we as we. Uh, touched upon again um, yeah it's 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 just great to see um, you know that was his first start against the top 16 in nearly two years and I know they got in behind him a, a little bit as it went on but I think he I think that also comes down from not having too much protection exactly. from Sanchez there's no, no criticism particularly <laughs> Sanchez because you know what he's going to get yeah. he's never really been renowned for that no, um, no. maybe in the bigger games it's something for Marino to think about playing yeah. against the big teams that maybe someone like Rashford might be better if he tracks back and you can educate him to do so yeah. but Sure. Like I said, it was encouraging the way he coped, didn't it? especially against a team like Spurs, because they said they are fast, they do get in behind you, but most of the, the exposing of that defence was through the middle, playing Lucas Moura mm. off, off Harry Kane. And yeah. I guess who knows what we'll see. On yeah, the, on I mean, it's it's. I mean, think Southgate was watching. Obviously, he's up against Pochettino. There was there was lots for him to to be motivated. And playing against Danny Rose as well. And Danny Rose, the direct rival of that England team, that's and it could have replaced him at United not so long ago. So. There was a lot for him to be up for, and um, I think though you know it was, it was only a month ago he's getting that that clip of him getting skinned. San Jose <laughs> earthquakes was going viral. His physique was being critiqued, but I think it it it's a stupid statement to make. But he's one of those players. Uh, give him a run of games, he gets better each game. Principally because he can maintain his match fitness. Once that match fitness drops, I find with Shaw, it's hard for him to to yeah. get it back. He needs you know three, four, five games in a row, and I think. Young's been fit. Young's been back. Young is you know, one of Mourinho's lieutenants, but it's been telling Luke Shaw's stayed on that left back slot from uh, July all the way through now, and um, I think he almost has a bit of credit now in the bank that he doesn't necessarily have to play a seven out of ten game every every match, but if he just keeps showing that attitude, um, you know, as he revealed in the summer, you know, he, do, he doesn't even want to think about a contract. He wants to earn that, and I think that's an attitude some of those players good use and, and he's setting a good example finally um, you know finally realising his potential and um, it would be great you know the England squad's named on Thursday if he gets named that's another huge boost for him and showing how you know in a matter of three months how far he's turned it around yeah and we mentioned that on Thursday there's also a Champions League draw on Thursday and we'll discuss that once that's actually happened it's difficult to sort of divulge about it yet because who knows that get um, Luka Moussa Moscow are the more favourable hot one options <laughs> but we could see United playing anyone really couldn't we like to Real Madrid Barcelona yeah. and uh, Atletico Madrid PSG Juventus there's, there's some appetising away days for yourself Kira. maybe not ones United fans would be looking forward to too much and of course you've got the likes of Inter Milan and in pot four as well it would yeah. be interesting with that Mourinho link as well and go Perisic playing against United and you'd, you'd wonder I, I, I suppose 
in some ways Mourinho would love them to get a, a, a really tough and get group through it. because you look at what happened last season I think um, fans would quite like it yeah it, that too it's such a waste I know getting knocked out the Champions League anyway is a waste but when you get knocked out to a smaller team like for there's, like no, Howe, you know, there's no excuse that group wasn't at Wolfsburg and teams like that and yeah. even last season going they, out to Sevilla after getting through a group and had then, Basel in it and the group they made heavy work in, in the end because they had to go to the last game to win the group and CSK were one nil up at half time so it didn't Given their mentality, um, we will see that on Sunday. You know they play against Burnley, but they they raise their game against a Tottenham. But you nearly want them to play those kind of teams in the Champions League. Is as bizarre as it sounds because at the moment that seems the only way United can kind of get themselves together and prepared from the first minute. Yeah, I think uh, I had a look before. I think that the worst possible scenario would be would be someone like Juventus. Monaco and into Milan that oh. would be interesting that would be a proper yeah. test for Mourinho for sure. but I don't think that will happen but who knows yeah. I don't want to make these predictions yet <laughs> I guess uh, final talking point as we've alluded to many times Burnley away on Sunday yeah. so I'm just trying to remember my schedule for this weekend um, we mentioned last week um, after Brighton I asked you on the phone on an unaired interview <laughs> I think actually because we had to we had to make for some Patreon we said um, would it be a crisis after United lost to Brighton you said Depends what they're doing in the next two games. Losing mm. to Tottenham, maybe not crisis as such yet, but the game against Burnley could really make or break that, especially going to an international mm. break, because that gives you two long weeks to mull over what has happened, yeah. the importance of a win. And I know we say this every week, but United really have to get a win on Sunday. They're playing a Burnley side who are suffering from Europa League hangovers. They've not started the season well at all. Yeah, Surely there's no excuses not to win on Sunday. There isn't, but... I went, to that, I went to that Brighton game thinking that because they got hammered by Watford, didn't have a shot on target at Vicarage Road and Brighton were, were brilliant and I don't think there's such a thing as a banker in the Premier League anymore. It's a cliche now but you go to Burnley, particularly Burnley who probably one of the stickier away teams, particularly last season, um, it's going to be a fight and those players have to have to be so up for it and I think it's a tricky one because they would have taken confidence from that first half. Um, but it's just the way it fell to pieces. If United's kind of game depends on that string being so like taut and can easily snap, then they're only one goal away from potentially conceding one, two, three more. So that's the worry that they don't seem to have that last line of defence that they could withstand enough to... You know, allow them to miss one or two chances is at the stage now where they really have to any presentable chance has to be scored and that puts as, as we said that huge pressure on Lukaku because um, he's been one of the few big threats who's getting into those positions he should be um, but he's not always putting them away and um, I think Burnley that's, that's a tough game um, but if they win it's perfect going into that international break because obviously the players go away Mourinho has no one really to work with um, and they have something to build on then going into um, Watford away, which is again another tricky one. They're in brilliant form. So it's weird that although they don't play another big team uh, till Chelsea, I think um, they have a load of those kind of tricky smaller teams, your Watford Wolves. And teams that they struggle against in passes, yeah. as you mentioned. The record against Watford in recent years has been really, really poor a couple of times. It's going to be interesting. Of course, Burnley where last season was where Marshall won it for you. Yes. He wasn't even in the squad mm. against Tottenham. It's going to be interesting. I guess the final point, Kieran, is as I'm not going to ask you should there be changes. It's clear there has to be changes. But 
Mourinho going into the game was saying, do you expect any drastic changes? Do you think players going to be brought back into the fold after being excluded against Spurs? Do you think anyone's going to be played their way out of the, the game for Burnley? Um, I suppose Jones' injury is in force, so it's whether he goes three at the back. I can't see Lindelof starting. Um, so that leaves you with Smalling. Does he stick with Herrera there? It seems a bit desperate, doesn't it? To, Does Baye come back? Baye come back, you know. Could be a perfect response um, after being left out of the squad. Um, but then midfield chooses itself. Pogba, it's Fred, itself. Matic. Todd Lingard did was Bryce. was trying. He yeah. was trying. I, th- I think it'd be harsh to drop him necessarily. So Sanchez has to come in. It's a no-brainer, isn't it? And Lukaku starts. So I don't think there'll be six changes like there was um, on Monday. But I don't think he's any closer to knowing. I think he has at least three or four positions up for debate going into this week of training now. and uh, The players have the chance to put their their hand up, but you saw that when Martial came off from the cold, played against Brighton, and he's out again. Um, you know, you just don't know with Mourinho anymore. He, he's making some very left-field decisions, so there could be another one on the cards on Sunday. Who knows? I guess that's the excitement in the way of United fans. Maybe not this early on into the season, yeah. and not after two defeats, but go again against Burnley what's the worst that can happen here Kieran thank you very sure. much for joining us here um, not sure if you'll be back next week you've got other plans this weekend which is understandable Apologies. don't, don't apologise to you for that but we will be back in the international break and of course we'll bring you all the reaction from that Champions League draw on Thursday and we've got the England squad announcement maybe there will be a call up for Luke Shaw definitely on Monday night showing he deserves one thank you very much for joining us Kieran make sure to subscribe to Manchester's Red on Acast for all the latest episodes